The Inning Stretch is proudly presented by Printer Dudes. Printer Dudes is your one-stop shop for unique 3D printed gifts and collectibles. From ducks to dinosaurs and everything in between, Printer Dudes has it all. Head on over to printerdudes.etsy.com and use promo code HOMERUN, that's one word, to save 10% off your first order. That's Printer Dudes, D-O-O-D-S, the best 3D printed collectibles this side of home plate. Hey everybody, welcome into the eighth inning stretch. Uh, Carson, happy September. Happy September, AJ. What's up? What's up, everybody? Um, guys, we are a month away from one of, from the best month on the baseball schedule. So prepare yourselves, because obviously, and obviously, stay tuned to the show because we'll have all the latest playoff previews and the latest teams in the playoff mix, the latest matchups and all that fun stuff coming for you over the next month. But we still got a little bit of regular season stuff to dive into today. And I'm very excited because we got some really cool topics, I think, for the folks out there today, AJ. Yeah, as usual, we have a jam-packed episode for you guys. Uh, I I just, I absolutely cannot believe it's September, um, Carson. It feels like... It feels like it was just spring training and we were wondering whether we were going to have a baseball season. Yeah, it's still crazy to think about that that was not even that many months ago um, that we were we were wondering if there was even going to be a season to be had. And now we're starting to get ready for for the postseason. So it's it's a very exciting time to be a baseball fan. That's for sure. Hell yeah, I'm getting chills just thinking about it. So it is officially September. Uh, that means we're down. We're into the home stretch, of the regular season, of course. Um, the pennant, the pennant chase is officially on. Uh, so let's let's dive right in because we have we have just a ton of stuff to talk about. Uh, we'll start as per usual with our poll results. Uh, the poll the poll for this episode was: uh, Do you think the MLB? PA should represent minor league players. Um, interesting split of the votes here. So 57% of you said yes. 43% of you said that you were undecided. And none of you said no, which I'm so proud of you guys for that. Um, in case you got, well, well, we'll get more into this issue in a, in a moment because we're going to segue right into talking about the situation. But basically... What's happening in case any in case you guys missed it is Carson the 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 Major League Baseball Players Association has sent union authorization cards that will that are allowing minor league players to vote on whether or not they want to unionize and be represented by the MLBPA. Yeah. Um. Before I guess we kind of get into our thoughts here, I'm a little bit surprised at the amount of people who are undecided on this. Because um, quite frankly, AJ, I don't know about you, but I am 100% with the 57% of our fans out there who said yes, yep. that, this was, that this was something that should have happened, that should happen. To be quite frank, it should have happened a long time ago. Yes. Um, it feels like it's been way too long since the minor league players have had a seat at the table when it comes to some of these things. I mean, we always hear about some of the biggest issues and some of the things that Manfred says is, you know, he feels like the minor league players are getting taken care of and blah, blah, blah. 
Um, I say blah, 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 because it's not even worth going into what he says because it's all lies. Um, and I mean, minor, minor league players have kind of had to watch this, some of these things happen to them and not really have a voice. And so now they finally have a voice. They finally have somebody who will argue on their behalf and for their best interest, because being a minor league baseball player is not an easy life at all Mm -mm. no not even close these guys uh you know between the between the poor working conditions and the low wages and the housing issues and all kinds of other stuff going on uh yeah this is this is long long overdue um so the mlbpa has reached out to the money league players and and they now have the option to vote uh, whether or not they want to unionize and Carson, I, I just, I can't imagine, I can't imagine a situation where the minor league players don't vote overwhelmingly in favor of this. Yeah, absolutely not. I mean, we've, we've heard some of these stories from, from minor leaguers about some of the struggles that they go through. Um, some of them have posted various things on social media about kind of their their story. And you got to think about it like this too, AJ. A lot of these guys, unfortunately, probably aren't going to make the major leagues. There are some guys who are career minor leaguers. And so for them, this is their chance to play professional baseball. And so any any shot that they have to make their lives better, I think you have to take it. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I think, and I think that's, I think that's important to keep in mind is that, you know, I mean, like you said, uh, a lot of, there are minor league players who, you know, for, for one reason or another are never going to have the opportunity to make a major league roster, you know, to be promoted. Um, and so this, I think this situation is as much about, taking care of or maybe even more so no no no. i I take that back this this push to unionize is more about taking care of those guys the ones who are you know like you said they're career minor league players you know they're gonna you know they're gonna work their butts off in in double a or triple a or you know who knows maybe even single a for you know for their entire careers so i think this this push to unionize is maybe even a little bit more about taking care of them than taking about than taking care than about taking care of the guys who you know who know they're going to get promoted to the majors at some point. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, and for you know, obviously, as you move up in the in the minor league system, things slowly but surely get better in terms of usually things like you know pay and things and those those kinds of other amenities that come along with it um but you know obviously the triple a guys have a very different experience i'm sure to guys in double a and single a Mm -hmm. so each i think this is a good step in the right direction i would like to see potentially doing having a representative for each level of minor league baseball not just necessarily a massive conglomerate because there are differentiating circumstances between the levels of minor league baseball yeah that's a good point and i and i have i mean the the mlbpa has you know proven themselves over the years of of 
looking out for the player's best interest. And I have, I have full confidence in them that they're going to, that they're going to work with the, they're going to work, you know, in, they're going to work with the minor league players and, and figure out the best situation. Um, interestingly enough, missing from this conversation so far, person, no, no response yet from major league baseball or, or Mr. Manfred. Yeah, I can't say I'm surprised there. You know, Manfred's going to try and keep this narrative that, oh, our our minor league players are being treated great. Like mm. they they have everything that they could ever want in minor league baseball. You know, they're they're still going to try and push that narrative, which if we all know is completely false. Um, so I'm not surprised at all that they haven't really responded to this. Um, but I'm sure they'll they'll come out with a with something it's just going to be interesting to see if that when that comes do you think there's any chance that okay so i mean we've we've you know we've talked about it that rob manfred has has tried to push this you know bs narrative that you know oh yeah things are great for money for the mining leaguers and you know they're they're taken care of and well paid and everything when in fact the reality is uh the not all owners of minor league teams but a lot of minor league team owners have completely exploited and taken advantage of and mistreated their players over the years Carson do you, when we do finally hear from Manfred about this uh do you think there's any chance that uh, Manfred and and his minions at the MLB office dig their heels in and try to fight this. I think that there's a chance. I wouldn't be surprised if they did. I also wouldn't wouldn't necessarily be surprised if they didn't. Um, you know, I think I think when when there's a move like this that seems like it's universally being supported. Like we we go back to the poll results now. Obviously, some of the forty three percent of our listeners who are undecided could say no, but right off the bat, nobody voted in against this yeah. idea of having the MLBPA represent the minor leaguers. So I feel like you know, obviously, Manfred has gotten some bad PR recently um, mm-hmm. with with the season almost not happening and everything that went along with that. So I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of stayed in the shadows on this one, just to try and keep some form of good PR. Yeah. Manfred's it's no secret. Manfred's had a, he's had a, he's had a rough, (laughs) he's had a rough go of it as, uh, as commissioner. He had the Astro scandal, which he completely botched the handling of, uh, the labor stoppage. I mean, yeah, Manfred's hasn't exactly distinguished himself um, as commissioner of MLB. And boy, I got to tell you, it makes me long for the days of Bud Selig. Um, never thought I'd say that. No kidding. Yeah, I never thought I would. I never thought I would miss Bud Selig. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, Manfred's had a bad, had a had a had a rough go of it, mostly. Due to his, you know, most of it being his own fault. Um, yeah, I, I. The optimist in me would like to sit here and say that, you know, and would like to sit here and agree with you, Carson, and say that, you know, 
because of all the stuff I just mentioned that, that Manfred has, has done or not done, uh, that he'll just kind of, you know, he'll either keep his mouth shut about this or he'll release some, you know, falsely, you know, uh, supportive, you know, BS statement or something. Um, but I gotta say, there's part of me that there's part of me that that is worried about this, and part of me that thinks this is going to end up in a courtroom at some point. Yeah, very. I think you're right. This situation is far from over. There's going to be some sort of pushback by the MLB. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. Um, hopefully it doesn't go that far because that would just I think that would just be bad for everyone. No, I, I really I hope I'm wrong about that. I really do. Just for the record. No, yeah, absolutely. I mean, nobody wants to see anybody really go to court for anything. But no. um, especially with, you know, we literally basically had a baseball court not even a few months ago mm. when we were talking about not having a season. So I don't think either side wants to have to try and deal with a long process like that again. Although it wouldn't be the first time that uh, Major League Baseball has found itself uh, in court. Um, anyone who's... Anyone who's watched the spectacular Ken Burns baseball documentary knows what I'm talking about. Um, I, I won't, you know, get into that too much. But it, my point is, it, it's not unprecedented, and it wouldn't be the first time. And I really, I just hope, I hope everything goes smoothly, and I hope that you know that the the minor league players finally get the representation that they uh, that they so greatly deserve. Um, so. We will, we will definitely keep our eyes on this situation. Um, we're going to talk about Aaron Judge here in a minute, Carson. But before we get too far, I I do want to, and I, my bad. I should have, we should have started the show with this, um, Carson. I want to talk for just a quick minute about Tony Larusa. Um, news out of Chicago that he's dealing with some health issues and has had to step away from the team in order to undergo further evaluation by his doctors. Uh, I, I just wanted to, I just kind of, I just wanted to kind of put it out there because I know that we've, we've, um, we've poked fun at, at, at Tony, you know, a little bit this year and, and some of his, you know, managerial decisions and whatever, but, um, I, you know, this is, it's, it's really sad to hear about this and you never, you know, you obviously never want to see anyone go through anything like this. And, uh, I, I just wanted to say that, you know, um, he's, uh, he's him and his family are, are, you know, in my thoughts for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, at the end of the day, you know, like AJ said, we, we criticize Tony La Russa on a baseball level. Um, but that is the extent that that goes. Um, obviously, as as a, as fellow humans, you never want to hear about anybody dealing with some any sort of health issues. Um, and I know that if if Tony Larusa 
if Tony, if there's one thing Tony Larusa knows how to do, it's it's to overcome when the chips are when his back is against the wall and all the chips are on the table. Um, so I have no doubt in my mind that he'll be able to to get through whatever it is he's dealing with, and obviously. Uh, thoughts and prayers to, to him and his recovery with this as well as his family uh, going through this difficult time. Yeah, we hope to uh, see him back on the field, you know, sooner rather than later. Um, anyways, I, I just I, I just wanted to kind of get that out there because, uh, you know, I felt a I felt a bit guilty because I've I've made, you know, jokes and and whatever about Tony Belusser over the years. And um, like Carson said, it that it's on a superficial level. It's nothing. It's nothing personal against him. Um, all right, let's let's move on. Let's talk about Aaron Judge Carson. Uh, Mr. Aaron Judge hit his fiftieth home run of the season Monday night against the Angels in LA. It's the second time he's reached the fifty home run mark, and I gotta think this bolsters, if not. Uh, outright solidifies, outright settles the AL MVP debate. Um, yeah, I mean, fellow listeners of the show will know that for a long time this debate for me has been over. Um, but Aaron Judge just went out and basically said it in all caps. Uh, this this debate is over, which. I'll, I'll save that, I think, for my final thoughts, but I had, I saw something on Twitter that kind of made my blood boil a little bit, but, um, um, but yeah, Aaron Judge, absolutely incredible again this season, uh, no doubt should be the American League MVP. Yeah, I mean, he was already the favorite, now he's hit 50 homers, um, as much as it pains me to say this, uh, I mean, I've been on the, I've been on the, you know, anyone but Aaron Judge, uh, bandwagon for AL MVP for most of this year, and and I think this, yeah, this this thing is done and dusted now. Fifty home runs is, you know, obviously a hell of an accomplishment, and he's, you know, he's obviously a key a key piece of that Yankees team, and a and a key, you know. Uh, a key driving factor in the success the Yankees have had this year, recent struggles notwithstanding. Um, but I think that leads us into an even more interesting question, Carson, because we, you know, we talked about it, you know, when it happened that Aaron Judge, the Yankees offered Aaron Judge an extension. He said, no, thanks, which seemed seems to indicate that he's going to he's going to dip his toe into the free agency waters this offseason. So, I think this 50 home run season and most likely winning the AL MVP award um I mean, I think that makes his free agency value which was already going to be astronomical. I think it makes it I think it pushes it even higher now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you look back in his entire Yankee career, obviously he's been impressive, but it's always nice to to have a year like this when you're coming up on a year where you're about to potentially hit free agency. 
Um, and that, of course, is where where it looks like things are going. And, I mean, his value, it seems like, since since the opening pitch of this year has just continued to skyrocket. So I'm going to be very intrigued to see what kind of contract he ends up getting come the offseason. He's – I just I just know he, he's going to get a – and the other the other factor to keep in mind too is the extension that Julio Rodriguez just signed with the Mariners, which is obviously going to have an impact on the free agent market. Uh, you know, this winter. I mean, I don't think it's. I, I'm going to go out on a limb here, Carson, and say that Aaron Judge is going to get himself paid uh, this winter, and I'm going to go even further out on that limb and say that. Uh, Aaron Judge will not be a New York Yankee in 2023. Yeah, he, I don't think he'll be a Yankee either. And I think he might get I think he might get the biggest contract in in baseball history. Um yep. Now, granted obviously this this extension for Julio Rodriguez, which is like the most confusing thing in the world, still <laughs> like a week after we've talked about it, I still don't fully understand that whole thing. Um, <clears throat> will certainly be a factor, I think, um, because Aaron Judge, let's be honest, he should be getting paid more than Julio Rodriguez. Like, that's, oh, yeah. that's how it is. So could we could see a $500 million contract here. We could see Aaron Judge make half a billion dollars, which is absolutely mind-blowing to think about all that money. Yeah, and... He deserves he will he deserves every penny of that. Um yeah, he's he's Aaron Judge will not be a New York Yankee next year. Uh Aaron, if you happen to be listening, um Boston is lovely in the summer. You know, I, I just throw that out there. Um we would we would Boston would welcome you with open arms. Don't listen to the idiots who say they don't want you on the Red Sox because they're kidding themselves. Um, yeah, I mean, Aaron Judge is going to have his, he's going to have his, he's going to have his his pick of offers and teams. And I, for one, uh, Carson, I, I think the Aaron Judge sweepstakes is going to be even more exciting than the Juan Soto sweepstakes was. Yeah, absolutely. I mean. He's another player where if every single team is not at least wanting him on your team, those executives need to be fired, like plain and simple. Like every single team should at least think about, oh my goodness, how great would it be to have this guy on our team? Now, a lot of teams aren't going to be able to make that happen financially, but he should be a guy that every single team should at least be making calls to his agent on come free agency. Yeah, and whatever happens, please don't let him go to the Dodgers. Uh, moving on, oh. because I'm sorry, but that would be unbearable. Um, all right, let's let's move on. Um, let's talk about Shohei Otani. Just just out there making more history, Carson. Uh, Shohei Otani has officially become the first player in Major League Baseball history to hit 30 home runs and record 10 wins in a single season. That's something not even Babe Ruth accomplished. 
Yeah, to the surprise of no one, Shohei Otani <laughs> continues to be a two-way god. Um, my goodness, it's you know we we just talked about how Aaron Judge will likely in both our eyes be the AL MVP, but man, Shohei Otani is really making a case for himself to win it again. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, can you? I mean, we've we've beat the Angels to death, but. Carson, can you imagine the Angels team without Shohei, Shohei Otani? Uh, they'd be even worse than they are now. Exactly. And you want to talk about? Problem. Yeah, you want to talk about a valuable player. Um, I still think, I still think Aaron Judge will most likely walk away with the AL MVP award. But I think Otani and I think Jose Ramirez are still very much in that conversation. But that's another. That's another topic for another time. But, I mean, is there anything Shohei Otani can't do? I mean, this guy has made – he's made history as a two-way superstar. He's he's setting all these – he's setting all these records and, and achieving all these first-time things. Um, I, I personally, I think Otani – very, I think he 100% fully deserves to has, have his name mentioned in the same breath as Babe Ruth. Yeah, um, I think he's, you know, obviously Babe Ruth is quite a great comparison for Shohei Otani. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, he's doing a lot of the stuff, that same stuff that the Babe was famous for, and he literally is now in a category that wasn't even around before him. So um, yeah. now in no way am I saying that he is better than the babe because oh, no. I think he's still no, got no, no, a no, long no. way to go before he accomplishes that. But um, he is certainly, he is certainly a one of a kind player. That's for sure. Yes. Uh, I can hear you all. I can hear you all out there. I can see the angry messages and emails in no way. Am I comparing Shohei Otani I'm not I'm not even putting Shohei I'm not I'm not comparing Shohei Otani to Babe Ruth in the sense that I mean Babe Ruth is obviously in a class by himself but the things the the things that Shohei Otani are doing the the things he's accomplishing and he's it's it's Babe Ruth-esque I think is a fair way to put it Carson yeah, absolutely. I think I'd I'd say that's maybe the right phrase to to use in this scenario. You know, it's it's very much something that I could I could definitely see the Babe doing in even in modern baseball. I mean, that's how good the Babe was. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, for Otani to be dominating like this, kudos to you, Shohei. Just sucks that it has to be for a crappy team. Well, let's hope either that this the Angels are sold to somebody who actually gives a damn about building a winning team or uh, Shohei Otani manages to get the hell out of there and onto a, a competitive team. Again, Shohei, Boston, just, you know, throwing it out there. Great weather, great food, great people. You know, just just throwing that out there. Um yeah, in my dreams. Um, anyways, we've, we've run a bit long in this segment, surprise to the surprise of nobody. Um, let's take a break, and then when we come back, we'll talk about the just a 
bad, bad, bad loss for the Phillies. And uh, we'll talk about how Josh Hader has gone from cold to sub-zero. You're listening to the eighth inning stretch with AJ and Carson. We'll be back right after this. Everybody, welcome back to the eighth inning stretch with AJ and Carson into our middle segment. Uh, we're going to change gears a little bit. We've been talking about, you know, Aaron Judge and Joey Otani and, and uh, you know, union disputes and, and all kinds of fun stuff like that. But let's let's talk about some, uh, well, some painful topics if you're, Philly, if you're a Phillies fan or a Padres fan. Um, so, Carson, the Phillies, um, you and I have both been singing their praises since – they cut ties with Joe Girardi and and have gone on this absolute tear and are one of the best teams in the National League and one of the most dangerous teams come October. Uh, but they had a little bit of a they had a little bit of a roadblock. Um, they blew a seven nothing lead uh, against and I can't I can't even believe I'm about to say this. They blew a 7-0 lead against the Arizona Diamondbacks. Lost the game 13-7. Which has me wondering. Some people are, I mean, some people are saying that this is just another loss and it's no big deal. But I don't know. I I think this could, you know, you we see we see teams win games that are, you know, a turning point and and um you know, just spark them to to go on a to go on a ridiculous run. Um, a good example is the Mariners had that big brawl against the Angels and then just went off. So, I I think that this is not just another loss for the Phillies. I think this could really throw them off their game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean. My goodness, of all the teams to lose to Philly, you, you got to do it against the Diamondbacks. Come on. Um, and then yeah. that's not bad enough, AJ. You know, here I am thinking, okay, you know what? That's okay. You know, sometimes sometimes these come from behind. Losses happen. You know, anything can happen in baseball. But, you know, you've got another game against them tomorrow. Let's see how you rebound. And then they lose 12-3. to And it's like, well, that's fun. So in in case everybody, in case you aren't keeping track here, in those two games against the Diamondbacks, the Phillies were outscored 25 runs to 10 in those Ouch. two games. The Diamondbacks. Um, now, granted, on Wednesday, they ended up beating them 18 to 2, which I was kind of thinking, well, there's the rebound I was looking for. Um, mm. But yeah, I think it's definitely a concern that you got the Diamondbacks took two out of three in this series. Um, the bullpen suddenly, I think, becomes a little bit of a question mark for the Phillies, which is something that it really hasn't been too much, it feels like, this season. Um, you know, at the end of the day, though, I still think that this might just be another loss. You know, every anything can happen in baseball. It, it stings a little bit more considering that they ended up losing this series against the Diamondbacks in some games that they could have used in this playoff race. But, um, you know, I think, I think they're talented enough where they can put things back together a little bit, but, uh, hopefully those two games don't come back to bite them. 
I mean, just for context, uh, and not to, you know, not to pick too much on the Diamondbacks, but come on, Diamondbacks fans, you know, you know, you know what we're saying is, uh, is the truth. I mean, the Diamondbacks are 61 and 68, uh, a whopping 29 games out of the NL West. Uh, meanwhile, the Phillies are 73 and 58. 10 games out of the NL East, but the, I mean, obviously the Phillies are, are firmly in that, in that NL wildcard race. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, by no means do I think it's, you know, this is anything to panic over if you're the Phillies or Phillies fans, but man, that's just, uh, I don't know. I've, I've, I've just, I've, I've seen it. I've seen it too many times where, you know, and I, and I think you, you made a good point when you said that, I mean, obviously, losing this game after leading seven nothing was a you know, uh, is was that's obviously a big deal. But you made a good point by pointing out that losing the series uh, might sting. That that hurts even more. And I don't know. I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying you know panic in Philly or anything like that. But I don't know, man. I I just I I'm. I'm slightly concerned for the Phillies uh, because I think, I mean, I've just, I've seen it too many times where a team stumbles just a little bit for a couple games. And then before you know it, that turns into a, you know, that turns into a free fall. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how the Phillies kind of bounce back from this. Um, you know, cause I think any, any good team will be able to take a series like this and learn from the, the mistakes kind of figure out what went wrong and we'll be able to, uh, to bounce back because their next, their next series, they start a series on Friday against the San Francisco Giants. So I think that'll be yeah. a really good series to kind of get, you know, take a deep breath, get things back under control because the Giants have kind of been spiraling as of late. Um, so that'll be a good series, I think, for Philly to kind of iron out the kinks again and kind of get back to the baseball that they want to play, which is hard-hitting, lengthy starts, solid bullpen play, and you know, really solidify things heading into the playoffs. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, th- I think the, the, I think the, I, I think the Phillies will be okay, but yeah, it'll be, um, I mean, who knows? Maybe, maybe facing the giants, sorry, giants fans, uh, is exactly what they need. You know, it's, it's, I think it's, um, I think it's probably a, a silver lining out of this for the Phillies is, you know, it's not like they come off this clunker of a series against the Diamondbacks and then have to turn around and, you know, go play the Mets or something. Yeah, that's that would definitely be bad if they went from this series with the Diamondbacks into a series with the Mets. But the Giants have lost seven in a row going into today. So yeah, uh, today being, of course, Thursday for us. Um, so in, in essence, really that series start when you guys are listening to this episode. Um, so, uh, by then maybe we'll know what the, what the game brought us, who knows, but 
um, yeah, I think this will be a good series to kind of re regroup, get everything right again for Philadelphia. Uh, bonus points if you listen to the podcast while you're watching baseball. Just, you know, throw that out there. Uh, all right, let's talk about Josh Hader because, oh, man, Carson. Josh Hader was was setting the world on fire in Milwaukee. I mean, we even talked about him one point as possibly being in the Cy Young conversation. And then, mysteriously, for reasons we still don't know or understand, the Brewers traded Hader to the Padres, which admittedly, uh, you know, on paper was a boneheaded move for the Brewers and a brilliant move for the Padres. But now uh, he just, Hader just seems to just hasn't found his footing yet in San Diego. In fact, Sunday he gave up six runs. Yes, you heard me right. Six runs in a third of an inning against, again, I can't believe I'm going to say this, the Kansas City Royals, sorry, Royals fans. And this is just the latest in a in a in a cold streak for Josh Hader. He's Carson, he's gone from cold to sub zero. He's had a his his walk rate has skyrocketed to twenty-two percent in San Diego from eight percent in Milwaukee. And you just have to wonder is is Josh Hader going to be able to get his his command back and and return to the you know the form he was in before he before the trade? Talk about somebody whose face belongs on the side of a milk carton. My goodness. Yeah. Um. Can, I I genuinely have no words to to explain what the heck has happened to Josh Hader since he went to San Diego. Um. Maybe the Brewers do what they were doing after all. Maybe they maybe they saw this downfall coming. Maybe Craig Council was able to to tap into his inner back to the future or something and, and <laughs> see that this was going to happen. I have no idea what's going on with Josh Hader right now. Um, it seems like he's joined a better team, so that shouldn't really be an issue. I don't know if the chemistry is just off with um, – Austin Nola in San Diego or whoever it is that he's been catching with. I don't know if there's chemistry issues there. I don't know if he he is just having a rough time adjusting to this trade for whatever reason. I don't know if it's because they play in Petco. I just I can't AJ, I, I literally can't explain it. I don't understand how he goes from being so elite to seemingly having his arm put into a vat of liquid nitrogen. And then it just hasn't been frozen. Like I, I don't understand. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, I don't remember the exact numbers, but it, at one point earlier in the season, he he went on a he went on a ridiculous run uh, of of scoreless innings. He went some he went some crazy number of innings without giving up a run to start the season, and then you know, I don't know. I mean, if I if I had to throw out a theory, I mean, it could be you mentioned that, you know, he's on it. I mean, let's be honest, the Padres are well, the Padres are a better team than the Brewers. Uh, if I had to throw out a theory, Carson, it could be that, you know. 
I, I don't and I don't know how to say this without being insulting to the Brewers fans, but um, how I'm just gonna say it. There's there's a lot more pressure playing in San Diego and a lot higher expectations from Padres fans than there is playing in Milwaukee and the expectations for Brewers fans. And maybe, and I'm just spitballing here, but maybe the pressure is, has gotten to Josh Hader. Uh, I mean, maybe. You, you think about, you know, the, the infamous uh, wild card game where Josh Hader come, came into that game and basically gave Brewers the loss in in that game which yeah. which turned out to be um which turned out to be a very fatal error for that Brewers team uh that season so I don't know maybe the yes. the pressure of of playing on a winning team or what but it seems like he's just kind of shut down here and the Padres need to figure out what's going on and quickly yeah you know, and, and when, the, when the news first, when I first heard about this trade, well, one, my first reaction was, what the hell in the name of Bob Euchre is going on in, in Milwaukee? Um, you know, why would they, why, why are they trading a hater? What, what are they thinking? And my initial thought was, wow, the Brewers seriously got fleeced in this deal. But now, I mean, like you said, maybe the Brewers knew something that we didn't. I I think we can confidently say that the Brewers actually won this trade. I wouldn't say that they've necessarily won this trade yet, um, because a lot of a lot of the um, a lot of the players that were moved in this trade were a lot of prospects. Um, obviously, we're not hmm. really going to know what they'll do. Um, Denelson Lamette was part of this trade, and he's I'm pretty sure he's not in Milwaukee anymore because he got DFA'd. Um, mm. Taylor Rogers has been okay as a brewer. It's mostly been Devin Williams. I think that's been put into the closer role and he's been doing more setup uh, pieces for the brewers than he has been a closer. Um, so on that side of it, comparing Rogers to hater, I still think that the Padres kind of have the edge there because at the end of the day, Josh Hader is still an elite closer and is the guy, um, whereas Taylor Rogers has kind of transitioned into a setup role in Milwaukee, which uh, is is never really fun for a closer to kind of go from being the guy to shut shut a team down to being the setup man. Um, but yeah. it's it's all going to come down to can't Josh Hader discover, you know, come back to that elite form that we saw where he went without an earned run for what seemed like forever. Yeah, that was, that was quite a run. I guess maybe the, maybe saying it, maybe I didn't phrase it quite right by saying, you know, the Bruce won the trade, but I guess kind of where I'm going with this is assuming, I mean, and, and obviously I hope, Josh Hader, you know, figures things out and gets back to being Josh Hader. But assuming Josh Hader's struggles continue and he just, for whatever reason, can't find his footing, can't find his command for the Padres and, you know, uh, struggles in the playoffs. um, 
I guess where I'm kind of going with that is if that happens, I think it's, I think it's safe to say that the Brewers, you know, maybe not necessarily won the trade. Maybe that's not the right way to phrase it, but that the Brewers, I get, well, I'll just say that the Brewers made the right move in trading Hater if it comes to pass that he doesn't get his, you know, he doesn't get himself back together. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and this will be very interesting to see what happens because let's not forget, he's heading into an arbitration year, I believe, after this year. So this could very much yep. hurt his arbitration discussions uh, with the Padres if he can't get back to his elite form. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I guess we'll keep an eye on it, and and hopefully, you know, hopefully all of this we're you know all the stuff we're talking about is you know doesn't end up happening, and that. Uh, you know, Josh Hader's able to to get himself, you know, to get his command back and, and return to form and get back to that, you know, lights out, you know, closer for the Padres because, let's be honest, uh, they're going to need him uh, in a month or so here. All right, let's take our last break. When we come back, we'll dive into our mailbag. We've got some awesome questions to get to today. And then uh, we'll talk about our must-watch games and all that fun stuff. You're listening to the eighth inning stretch with AJ and Carson. We'll be back right after this. Hey everybody, welcome back to the eighth inning stretch with AJ and Carson into our third and final segment. And it's time for my favorite part of the show, our mailbag. Let's dive right in. Our first question comes from Keith in Maine. And he wants to know which team has the best shot of spoiling a Yankees Astros ALCS. And what I think Keith is talking about here is that, uh, well, and, and we've talked about it, Carson, that the American League, as far as the playoff, you know, landscape is concerned, it's pretty much the Yankees, the Astros, and everybody else. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go a bit out on a limb here, and well, maybe I don't know. Maybe not. Um, I think the Tampa Bay Rays have the best chance of playing spoiler in the AL. Interesting. Um, but yeah, makes total sense. Um, you know, the, the Rays, for as much as AJ likes to rag on their supposed lack of a fan base, um, they are a very talented baseball team, and they have a lot of good good pieces both uh, on the mound and at the plate uh, with guys like Randy Rosarena, uh, Tyler Blast now, who is still making his way back from Tommy John, but you got Shane McClanahan. Uh, you got guys, you, you know, you got a pretty solid bullpen back there to, to kind of help put a lot of these games away. Uh, Isaac Paredes has been a pretty solid player since he's been acquired from the Tigers. Um, and I mean, they, they had a pretty solid trade deadline getting David Peralta, getting Jose Smith from the Houston Astros. Um, so I, I would have, I would say that's a good pick, but, um, I'm going to go out maybe a little bit more on a limb. I'm picking your Seattle Mariners. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, the Mariners are. I, I don't know. I guess I didn't. I guess I just. I didn't want to be. I didn't want to be too predictable, um, because if I'm being honest, this the Mariners are the first team that popped into my head, 
I mean, Carson, the Mariners had they had this brawl, this epic brawl with the Angels a couple of months ago, and they have just gone on an absolute tear since. Um, a you know, I mean, at one point they were. Uh, you know, way, way behind the Astros. I mean, they're still 11 games out of the division, but they're they're pretty much a lock for a wild card spot. They might even get the top wild card spot and get that home field advantage in the first round. Um, I mean, they went out and got Luis Castillo at the trade deadline from the Reds. Uh, they just brought Abraham Toro back up from, from Tacoma. I mean, the Mariners, the Mariners are the real deal. Um, I guess we'll just have to wait and see how the where all these teams finish and how the bracket shakes out, uh, because we could possibly have a depending on how things shake out, we could potentially have the Mariners and the Yankees in the second round. Or if things work out the other way and the Astros uh, and the Mariners end up um, having to play the Astros in the second round. Uh, we could have a Mariners Yankees ALCS, which, if I'm being honest, that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, that would certainly be an interesting ALCS. And I mean, the biggest thing thing for for me when it comes to thinking about uh, about this question from Keith of being a spoiler. Now, obviously, you have to have the bat to do it. Um, Seattle has kind of proven that all year, but when when I think of a team that could Oil this potential ALCS matchup of the Yankees and the Astros. For me, it goes to what rotation could potentially match up to these two teams. Because let's be honest, mm-hmm. the the Astros rotation is absolutely insane. I mean, the Yankees, while not as good right now as the Astros, have a really solid starting rotation. Um, granted, maybe there are a couple guys who um, might need to kind of come back a little bit. Cough, cough, Frankie Montas, cough, cough. Um, but you look at that Seattle Mariners rotation. I mean, you you mentioned Luis Castillo. You've got Robbie Ray, the former Cy Young winner, let's not forget. Logan Gilbert, uh, George Kirby, Chris Flexen, Marco Gonzalez. Like Those are some solid starting pitchers that could potentially match up to maybe a Yankees rotation. I, I really would like their chances to be, to be a spoiler based on that rotation alone. Yeah. Um, and you all thought I was crazy when I picked the Mariners to win the world series. Oh, I still do. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, I mean, I really just, yeah. I mean, you make you make great points about the Mariners' rotation match. I think the Mariners' rotation matches up well with just about anyone in the American League, and I think the Mariners' rotation matches up well with is with with maybe just about anybody, save maybe the Dodgers, um, and maybe the Mets too. But um, you know, if it gets that far. Uh, but I'm pulling for a Mariners-Yankees ALCS uh, because it is high time that the Mariners get revenge for 2001. Um, yeah, it's been a long time coming. And I think this is the year they finally get payback for 01. Uh, all right, let's 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 keep chugging along in the mailbag here. Ella from Michigan 
uh, send in our next question. Uh, Carson, we're talking, Carson and I were talking about this a little bit uh, during the break. Um, Ella wants to know, what do you think about Rod Carew calling out Matt, Rob Manfred? In case you guys missed it. Uh, Carson, Rod Carew, Mr. Mild-Mannered, Mr. Soft-Spoken, just absolutely laid into Rob Manfred about his dissatisfaction with the state of baseball under Manfred's uh, reign of terror, as it were. Yeah, and uh, from from the, the sources that I've kind of read into, it looks like he wasn't the only one. Um, now, to, to kind of set the scene for this for everybody, um, and of course, before I kind of launch into this, um, I'll be kind of sampling some things from a Ken Rosenthal story that he did last Friday. Uh, highly recommend you check that out. It also links to... Um, Rod Carew's account of what happened. Uh, he wrote a whole thing on, I think it was like a blog post or something that he has. Um, so make sure you also check that, check that out because it is quite the interesting read. Uh, but essentially what happened was Rod Carew, who was among other hall of famers, um, confronted Rob Manfred at the, on the state of the game, um, at a private dinner for hall of famers following the induction ceremony at Cooperstown. Uh, first and foremost, shout out to Rob Carew, to absolute wins legend. Um, but AJ and I were talking about this kind of before we we uh, started recording here. Rob Carew is not the first name that you would think of when it comes to calling out the commissioner uh, for this for things in the state of the game. Um, some of the things that Carew says, he felt like that the commissioner tried to sweet talk the Hall of Famers, and he said, "Quote: We laid into him." Um, and I mean, of course, Manfred came back with quote, the idea that somebody is talking about in the detail that Rob elected to is wholly inappropriate. It's not up to one person to decide that an assumption the group has proceeded on for years, he can blow up by himself. Um, so basically Carew's essay is 678 words. Um, and he he's also says, quote, there were more voices than mine that brought up the situation in baseball today. Um, his son, Devin, was also quoted in this story by Ken Rosenthal, um, saying that he is really trying to defend the sport he loves. He feels that baseball is changing for the worse, and if he can, if he can stop, that he is willing to speak up, even if he normally doesn't. Um, so... Again, this story is absolutely crazy. Make sure you guys check out, if you have a subscription to the app, check out Ken Rosenthal's story. Uh, also check out Rod Carew's blog post because that was a very brief summary of this whole issue. But AJ, I don't know about you, but I'm just going to give a quick round of applause to Rod Carew and all the other Hall of Famers who finally called out Rob Manfred for absolutely destroying the game. And of course, Manfred trying to be a baby and basically say, oh, the way he did it was totally inappropriate, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I mean, I have to admit, I was shocked uh, that Rod Carew was um, the one kind of leading this thing uh, because, you know, like I said, he's he's always been, has a reputation as being so soft-spoken. But, um, yeah, I mean, there were obviously... 
there are obviously some some major problems with Major League Baseball. And Carson, I, I think, and we talked about this a little bit during the break, that if there's going to be, if baseball is going to be, you know, maybe I'm, I'm probably oversimplifying a bit here, but if baseball is going to be quote-unquote fixed, uh, it's going to take, stuff like this is going to take former players and current players and fans all together uh, standing up and, and speaking out for, for things to change. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we, we all have kind of seen what, what baseball has become. Obviously current players, I think have kind of led, led this movement, um, especially with the lockout was really a chance was really kind of the, the vocal, the most vocal the players have been. Um, I feel like we as yep. fans have been pretty upfront about our displeasure with Ma- Rob Manfred basically since he took office as commissioner of baseball. Um, but it's nice to see like a hall of famers even realizing like, hey, we got to say something here because this is the game that they put so much work into. And like they they are Hall of Famers. They are the greats that have come before this generation of players and have seen what has happened in this current generation of baseball and have finally decided to take a stand. So kudos to all of those guys for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's really... Uh... It's it's awesome to see these, you know. I mean, these guys they they're the best of the best. Um and it it gives me hope uh for for the future of baseball. Um that these guys, you know, paired with fans and paired with current players can uh you know, can can get get some get some things done. All right, let's uh let's wrap up our mailbag real quick. Uh, Rob from Arizona wants to know, do you think more players should be mic'd up during games? I mean, obviously they've been doing it on, you know, on ESPN on Sunday night baseball, having a, you know, players mic'd up, uh, Carson. Yes. Hell yes. Absolutely. All day, every day. I would love to see more players mic'd up. And I'd also like to see managers mic'd up. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm all for it for sure. Um, my main thing is it has to be in the right situation. Like, um, obviously, like during things like the All Star Game and Home Run Derby, like always a good time yeah. to have somebody mic'd up. But I think I think this goes without saying, AJ. I don't really want somebody mic'd up during like a wild card series or like the NLCS no. or anything like that. Like, um, no, because we don't we don't want players. You obviously don't want players distracted. Right. Absolutely. So thing keeping it to like you know kind of a Sunday night baseball thing or like the Field of Dreams or kind of special occasions like that. I'm all for, but let's let's not go over the top with this whole thing. Yeah, and I I think it might be fun to have players mic'd up. You know, in between you know in between innings too, like in the dugout. Uh, well, I mean, they, I guess they kind of already do that with managers. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a fine line there. And I think, like you said, during, you know, the All-Star game or, you know, or stuff like that um, is good. But don't don't go too far with that. Um, but that said, I, I, I think having players mic'd up, Carson, I think is is a great idea. And I think it um, I think it really provides a, a well, 
obviously it provides a, a, a new and interesting perspective for, for fans. Yeah, absolutely. It's always cool to kind of see what players are thinking um, and what what is kind of happening uh, during the game. What, what I love, would like to see, I think, from this potential system is kind of what they do like maybe during um, in like the NBA or in like our in the NHL where the the players are wearing a mic and it's not necessarily the thing of like they're they're not really getting interviewed during the game it's just kind of a thing that's there yeah and it's like oh okay this is kind of what you get to hear in the game like you know maybe calling somebody off or just general chatting like in the outfield or uh talking different defensive positions things like that like i think that would be a really cool system to kind of implement it a little more yeah that could be a lot of fun yeah i actually didn't i actually didn't think of that they do do that in in some other uh, in, in some other sports. Um, all right, hey everybody! Thanks for for sending in your mailbag questions. Keep those coming. Uh, you can send them to us uh, at eighthinningstretch at gmail.com or on Twitter at eighthinningpod. Uh, let's talk about must-watch games. And boy, compared Carson, compared to our last episode, wow! Do we have some must-watch games this time out? Uh, just for starters, I mean, we've got the Yankees and the Rays in Tampa. Um, no, I'm not going to do it. I'll be good. I'll behave myself this time. I will not make a crack about. Um, I will not make a crack about Tropicana Field. Um, Yankees and Rays. That obviously has huge implications. The that AL East race is is it's a little tighter than it was at one point, Carson. The Rays are only six games behind the Yankees now. Uh, yeah, the the Yankees are certainly uh feeling those those struggles post trade deadline. Um, we we had talked about it, I think, a couple episodes back that this was going to be the series for me to see who will end up with this AL East crown. Now, granted, the Yankees have kind of started to come back from these struggles a little bit. Um, they're now six and four in their last ten, which still isn't the greatest, but it was certainly better than they were, say, a couple weeks ago. Um, but this this is a real do or die series for for me for the Yankees for sure. Yeah, I mean, if you're you know you're talking hypothetical and the Rays uh, are able to pull off a sweep, man, that AL East could get really interesting down the stretch. Uh, so we've got that one. We've got Cubs and Cardinals, which, you know, even though the Cubs are, you know, have had a, have had a rough year, um, Cubs and Cardinals is always good baseball to watch. Um, and then last, but certainly not least, uh, well, actually no, a couple more. We've got the Padres and the Giants, which, you know, again, that's another, that's another great rivalry. Um, but Carson, the one I'm going to be keeping an eye on. In uh, watching with great interest are my Seattle Mariners taking on the Cleveland Guardians. Yes, that is going to be a very interesting series um, with not only implications for for the potential wild card race, this could be a big series in terms of the AL Central race. Uh, my twins, yep. thankfully, were able to take two of three from AJ's Boston Red Sox. Um, so our... Thank you very yeah, much. You're welcome. Uh, so our deficit is now one and a half games to the Guardians uh, with a series against the White Sox coming up for the Twins. 
Uh, so if if the Mariners are able mm-hmm. to put a nice little beating on the the Guardians, which um, <laughs> please Seattle, don't let me down here. I said nice things about you all episode. Please be good to me. The the Twins could easily make their way back into this. AL Central race and uh, things could get very interesting in the wild card race if the Mariners are able to have a really good series here. Yeah, yeah, this is this is a big one. Um, the stakes are higher, ladies and gentlemen. We're into September. Uh, this is this is when it really gets good. Uh, Carson, what do you have for us? Uh, I think. I think I know where you're going for this episode's Tankathon series, but uh, you know, what have AJ, you got for it's us? been a little while since I've had a couple of really solid options for a Tankathon series, but we've we've got a couple of good series this week. So we're going from a series where the stakes are very high in the Guardians and the Mariners to a series where there are absolutely no stakes at all in turn or draft positioning. <laughs> um, for this one. It's it was a hard decision, but I think for for this week we are heading to the Motor City. The Detroit Tigers mm. will be taking on the Kansas City Royals. So if you guys like bad baseball yes. or want to watch why the AL Central is the NFC East of the baseball divisions, please <laughs> give that series a watch. Uh yeah, that is a pretty bad series. I gotta be honest. I thought you were gonna go Rockies. It was, and it was a very hard decision, but the the more I kind of have thought about things, I've been picking on the poor Reds for this tankathon series for so long. Not that they des- not that they des- don't That's deserve it, but I figured this week they could get a little bit of a break, and uh, I could make fun of my AL Central rivals, quote unquote, for a little bit this week. Yeah, that um, yeah, <laughs> using that term, using that term rivals very loosely. Um, yeah, that I mean, those are both a couple of pretty bad series. Um, as far as carding thoughts this week, I don't really have anything. Uh, I don't. I really couldn't come up with anything specific this time out. Uh, just kind of a, you know, hey, it's September. Uh, the playoff race, the pennant race, is coming down to the wire. This is going to be, this is aside from October and maybe April. This is the best month of the season of the baseball season, and um, yeah, things. This is going to be fun, especially with that with that third wild card spot. Uh, things are about to get crazy, Carson, and I'm here for every minute of it with my yeah, popcorn. Yeah, absolutely. It should be should be a fun fun month. Um, to start off my parting thoughts this week, uh, just to expand a little bit on the Tony La Russa situation, um, like like we kind of talked about earlier, you know, we we make fun of La Russa for his managerial decisions and things sometimes, but obviously health issues are something that I wouldn't want to wish on anybody. Um, obviously, I have to take a little bit of of heat for for my comments as well, um, but obviously wish wish Tony LaRusso the person nothing but the best in his in his struggles um, because at the end of the day all we have is each other 
and um, as as a person from everything I've heard and see, and read about Tony Larusa, you couldn't ask for a more loyal, uh, a more caring person when it comes to uh, off the off the baseball diamond. So all the thoughts and prayers to him going through his health struggles. Now, yeah. Now going oh, into go the the thing I had kind of teased earlier with the Aaron conversation. Oh yeah. I had seen an article hmm. on Twitter, AJ, that was promoted. I don't remember who it was, um, because once I just saw what it was about, it just kind of everything else kind of flew out the window. I saw an article, AJ, that basically said that Aaron Judge should not win the MVP because unlike Shohei Otani, he doesn't pitch, which is the stupidest argument I think I have seen to date uh, for somebody not winning an MVP award. Shohei Otani is a -a once-in-a-lifetime talent who is able to do things both ways. That is something that is not easily replicated for a reason. And just because Shohei Otani can pitch and hit at the same time does not mean that Aaron Judge's MVP candidacy is lessened by the fact that he only hits. Because, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't noticed, Aaron Judge has had a really good season. I mean, my goodness. <laughs> what what are we what are we doing when we're talking about comparing a guy who who now obviously these two are the front runners right now. And comparing their stats as far as hitting is perfectly fine. But saying that Aaron Judge shouldn't win the MVP because he hasn't pitched is just so asinine to me. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to have to try and find that article because whoever wrote that is, well, one, they're an idiot, and two, they have no, they have absolutely no clue what they're talking about, obviously. Um. Wow, that's just that's that's just mind blowing. I mean, wow, the stupid is strong with that one. Um. Yeah, Aaron Judge is yeah, Aaron Judge is is the hands down favorite for the MVP, and they they actually say it because yeah. he doesn't pitch. Oh my god. Uh, wow. Um, I don't even know. I don't even know what to say to that. That's, that's one of the stupidest things I've ever heard. And I think I just lost a few brain cells. Um, I'm so sorry you had to read that article. It it just, (laughs) it blew my mind that this was even, oh, here it is. Found it. It was written by, and it was written by a reporter that I genuinely like in Andy Martino and the it, the the tweet came from huh. SNY and the the title of the tweet reads Aaron Judge can be MVP right. over Shohei Otani when he starts pitching what oh my god wow uh i got to be honest i probably would have scrolled past that um i would have just you know shook my head and and just kept scrolling that's wow uh i don't even know i don't even know what to say to that um but in any case on on that absolutely ridiculous note uh that brings us to the end of another episode of the eighth inning stretch 
Um, thanks everybody for tuning in. You can uh, find us and listen to us on your favorite podcast platform by going to anchor.fm slash eighth inning stretch. You can of course follow us on Twitter at eighth inning pod for all the latest. And uh, don't forget to check out our awesome sprint, our awesome sponsors. Wow. I almost, sorry. I lost the ability to speak there for a moment. Um, visit our awesome sponsors at printerdudes.etsy.com uh, and check out their awesome collection of 3D printed gifts and collectibles. And as a thank you for being a fan of the show, you can, of course, use promo code home run. That's one word and save 10% off your order. That's printer dudes, D double O D S. It is. Indeed. Carson, my so friend, long, that's everybody. Um, hope you've hopefully you guys enjoyed enjoyed this episode uh this one i think was might have been our best one yet um but i feel like i say that after every episode so um everybody take care out there have a good weekend of baseball and uh, we will talk to you on monday everybody have an awesome weekend and uh yeah we'll we'll talk to you guys on monday